In the first part of this book, I propose to look into alleged conflict between religion and modern science. I'll be concerned in particular with Christian belief and science. Most of the alleged conflicts, however, have to do with theism, belief that there is such a person as God, rather than the doctrines that separate specifically Christian belief from other theistic religions, such as Islam and Judaism. Most of what I say, therefore, will apply to other theistic religions as well as to Christianity. Chapters 1 and 2 will deal with tensions between Christian or theistic belief and evolution. Chapters 3 and 4 will examine the claim that God's acting specially in the world, miracles, but other kinds of direct action as well, is incompatible with science. They will also briefly address two further claims. The claim that the so-called scientific worldview what Peter Unger calls the scientifical worldview, is incompatible with religious belief, and the claim that religion and science are incompatible because the epistemic attitudes characteristic of them are incompatible. It would be a serious matter if any of these alleged conflicts were genuine. First, science is widely and justly celebrated as a splendid intellectual achievement perhaps mankind's most splendid effort along these lines. But then any human enterprise in serious conflict with it has some explaining to do. Second, science does or should enjoy particularly high regard among Christians. A central feature of Jewish, Christian, and at least some strands of Islamic thought is the doctrine of the imago dei. We human beings have been created in the image of God. A central feature of that idea is that we resemble God, not just in being persons, beings who can think and feel, who have aims and intentions, who form beliefs and act on those beliefs and the like. We resemble God more particularly in being able to know and understand something of ourselves, our world, and God himself. Thus Thomas Aquinas. Since human beings are said to be in the image of God in virtue of their having a nature that includes an intellect, such a nature is most in the image of God in virtue of being most able to imitate God. And, only in rational creatures is there found a likeness of God which counts as an image. As far as a likeness of the divine nature is concerned, rational creatures seem somehow to attain a representation of that type in virtue of imitating God not only in this, that he is and lives, but especially in this, that he understands. Of course, the idea of the Imago Dei has been understood in many ways. Some Lutheran and Reformed creeds, for example, the Belgic Confession, the Westminster Confession, the Heidelberg Catechism, seem to deny that we human beings still display the image of God, they speak of that image as constituted by righteousness, knowledge, and holiness, Heidelberg Catechism, and declare that this image was lost, or mostly lost, in the fall. But here there may be less disagreement than meets the eye. The apparent disagreement may be mainly terminological. Some Reformed thinkers distinguish a broad image of God, as with Aquinas, including personhood, rational faculties, knowledge of right and wrong, from a narrow image, righteousness, knowledge of God, and holiness. Those who claim that the image of God was lost in the fall are thinking of the narrow image, and presumably would not make the same claim about the broad image. Furthermore, 
All the creeds presuppose that human beings display that broad image.